this is Tracy. And this is Sheila. And here's my fat chicks. And this is the big 100. 100. That took forever to get here, but we're here. It's 100 and change, I know. We have more than 100 episodes up because we had pubcasts and things, so, mm. you know. But official episodes, this yes. is the 100th episode. Exactly. And it's our podcast, and we get to say when it's 100. So, mm. it's 100. And it, to make it special, we wanted to do something special. We wanted to review someplace that really was what we've come to appreciate having done the podcast for so long and something that it reflects what we feel and believe and when it comes to, I guess, our philosophy of food, as cheesy as it sounds. Hmm. And, well, we've learned a lot. We've shared a lot of meals together over the past, well, 15 years. But six doing the podcast now. Yeah. So it's not just 100 episodes. It's also the sixth anniversary. Our um, wedding anniversary is tomorrow. And the podcast kind of inadvertently started as a, a wedding anniversary gift to Sheila. Mm-hmm. I got her an MP3 recorder to do EVP stuff with. So I could go ghost hunting, just like on TV, and then I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you went once. You did use it once. But the back of the, the machine, or the back of the box for the MP3 player said it was great for podcasting. And that's kind of how we started doing the podcast. We just thought this would be something fun to do and talk about all the places we've been eating at since we've moved to Canada. Because, you know, we missed our friends and it was a way to keep in contact. Mm-hmm. So, lots of big milestones right here. Yeah. So it, did, it took us, I think, all of 15 minutes to figure out where we wanted to go and what we wanted to talk about for this episode. Our choice was, it's a place called Bistro 67 in Whitby, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Now it's named Bistro 67 because Durham College was founded in 1967. And this is the uh, Whitby campus, uh, and it's the teaching part of their uh, food program. So it's a teaching restaurant. It's actually staffed by students. And it's not like I have a part-time job after school students, but they're doing this as part of their curriculum work. Mm -hmm. So they're evaluated, they're graded on what they're doing. At the end of the meal, they give you a card and they ask you how everything was. It's not just a comment card. I mean, this goes towards the students' reviews and everything. Mm -hmm. Towards their grades. So uh, this place is, besides being a teaching restaurant, which is a pretty unique concept, to be honest. I mean, I've kicked around a couple universities. I've been around a lot of educational places. This is the first time I've run into a teaching restaurant. Mm-hmm. I know there's the Creamery out at Penn State. Penn State is huge, huge university in Pennsylvania. I'm sure most of the Western world's heard, heard of it if you're into college football. Outside of the United States and Canada, maybe you've heard of it, ha- heard it mentioned. It's a big research university, too. But on campus, they have this amazing um, agriculture program and food program. I don't believe they do a restaurant like this. I could be wrong. If we're wrong, hit us up on Facebook and tell me I'm wrong. I'd love to hear from anybody, even if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But they have this dairy program, and they do the best ice cream I've ever had in my life out there. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. So that's the closest I've come to seeing, like, a teaching restaurant like this. So it's a pretty unique thing. It is. And back in the day, when I went to Durham College the first time, and totally dropped out after the first year. I did go for food and beverage management, and there was a like little banquet hall in the uh, Oshawa campus, and it was nothing at all like this. It was, I don't know. <laughs> Sketchy? Well, you have some sketch stories from that place. I have some sketch stories. One, it... Well, wait, we have to preface this. These are stories from the past of people who are no longer employed at Durham College yeah. and no longer attending. This has no reflection on Bistro 67, which we're going to talk about, and it's awesome. So go ahead. Right. So before Bistro 67 and the awesome gourmetness, there was the, I guess, food lounge that we cooked food for. And 
none of the professors are still there that were there. They got rid of the food and beverage management program and they've replaced it with this other program, which is a lot better. Like half the students were completely idealistic and were like, I'm going to own my own restaurant someday. And the other half were complete burnouts. And one of the stories I always tell is the staples and the tortellini because people would order this stuff and the stuff that we were making wasn't very highbrow. Yeah, it was like frozen tortellini with, well, we made the sauce, but I mean, it wasn't that great. Put it that way. Relied heavily on um, food service shipments. So it, there wasn't really a whole lot of fresh stuff going on. A lot of Cisco, a lot of Gordon's food kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. And this one guy who was, again, a total burnout was screwing around in the back and was using the staple gun that we used to staple the uh, chits together. And he was just like, and then not so miraculously, about 20 minutes later, someone brings back a plate of food. It's got friggin' staples all over in it. So not the appropriate garnish, even if you are anemic. No. no. <laughs> so thank goodness that Bistro 67 has completely elevated totally beyond its uh, foundations. Yeah, it's, it's not even the same program, I don't even think. So if you're local and you're thinking of the food and beverage management program as it was back in the 90s, this is a totally different reboot. Mm-hmm. So you're probably thinking, well, that's great. You guys are into food education, but how does this like come to encompass what you, you value about food since we've started doing the podcast? And it's their philosophy. Uh, Bistro 67, besides ha- having this amazing teaching environment, it is, um, they do, they call it what, field to fork? Yes. Field to fork. There's another uh, phrase for it as well. It's very clever, like field to fork. I don't remember. It's like farms to, farm to table. Farm to plate or something? Farm to plate, something mm-hmm. like that. But it's, their whole thing is they try to use as many fresh local ingredients as possible. To the point where they even have a greenhouse where they're trying to grow a lot of things. They've got some land around the building where ultimately they want to actually raise some crops that they use in the restaurant as well. Hmm. They're supposed to be planting an orchard as well. Yes. So we're really into the the 100 mile concept or trying to eat locally and eat in season because it's just, besides wonderful to support local businesses, it tastes better. Mm -hmm. It is greener. It is better for the environment. And it's... I think it's better for us, like, psychologically. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get kind of down when I see those mealy winter tomatoes yeah i know you just because you can have tomatoes any time of year doesn't necessarily mean they're going to taste great all year round yeah or like out of season asparagus which is kind of eh. i'd much rather enjoy asparagus in the springtime when it's fresh when it's local yeah then get the woody crappy yeah asparagus. the flavor's totally different yeah. you don't have to do as much to it either to make it taste good mm-hmm. and it's also just um i don't know it's more fun because mm. when you tr- you're trying to cook more locally and more in season, you have to be a little more creative with what you're doing. You have to stretch your culinary skills. Yeah. So if you're cooking at home, it's fun. And when you go out to eat, you get to taste some things that aren't the same old thing over and over and over and over. So that's why this place we thought was just amazing, just from the concept. Because mm-hmm. it's everything that we love about food and some of the local food movements. And also... We watch a lot of cooking TV stuff. Of course. We watch like all the little documentaries about chefs and local restaurants and everything. And you see some of these dishes on TV and they're all made with like local farm to table stuff. And you're like, that's mm. amazing. And we got to experience some of that at this place. And there are places like that in the Ontario, Oshawa area. Mm. But it was so cool to see one that is trying to instill that in their students yes. and make sure that those philosophies carry on. So just from that academic standpoint, they already get two thumbs up from us. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare that we go into a restaurant knowing we're going to do a review no matter what this place is like. And it's probably going to be awesome just because mm-hmm. of that. So we were a little biased, 
but I feel I feel like the bias is justified for that purpose alone. Mm-hmm. Well, plus, like, it's got a very good reputation. Yeah. I've read some outstanding reviews. The lowest rating I saw online on any site was, like, four stars. Well, there you go. Yeah, there were, there were no bad stories. Mm. So let's finally talk about the place and the food. This was my second visit. This was Sheila's first visit. Um, I went right before Christmas with a co-worker. Work wanted to send us out to have a nice lunch, so we went there. Mm-hmm. I don't remember everything I had, but I remember it being amazing. And I remember coming home and telling Sheila, we have to go there. Mm-hmm. So you walk in, and it's a really nice little restaurant. It's not very big. Durham College has some interesting architecture. And the building is kind of like, almost like a, a modern flat iron building. Yeah. But it's all glass and steel. But yeah. it looks interesting. And the restaurant's kind of at the narrow end, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get a nice view of what will eventually be their fields and orchards. You have a gorgeous view of the construction right now, but eventually it's <laughs> going to be a gorgeous view of, of what they're doing. And no matter where you're sitting, there's no such thing as a bad seat in the place. You can mm-hmm. always see out the window. Every seat has a view. We weren't in one of the tables up against the window. I think next time we go, I'm going to ask in the reservation, can we have a window seat? Because mm-hmm. it's just, it is, even with the construction for the view, it is kind of breathtaking. Oh, it's just so nice. open and airy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you walk in and it just feels clean because of that. It's very clean and very modern. Yeah. And it is on the second floor, so you do have a, little kind of a, a bird's eye view, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, so that's, that's really cool. So you walk in right away. Um, it's kind of narrow. It seats maybe, what would you say, 50 to 75 people tops. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, lots of um, two-seater tables, some of which are strung together to make yeah. longer seating for larger parties. There's like two tops and four tops, mostly. Yes. And they had a couple areas where they had some longer tables. I think I don't know if they were waiting for a larger group to come in. Mm. Uh, it's reservations recommended but not required. Considering the size of the place, if you have your heart set on going there for a special occasion, I would make a reservation. You yeah. can do it on the website. I wouldn't take the chance. The website has a really easy interface to use to make your reservation. Exactly. And when you make the reservation, like I made mine at the beginning of the week, they emailed me yesterday to remind me and say, are you getting hungry? I mean, it was just Mm -hmm. a cute little email you got as a reminder. So you're like, oh yeah, that's when my reservation is. So that was nice too. I'm always impressed with any place that has the the follow-up or the ability technologically to follow up with your reservation and remind you. Like, um... Mm -hmm. We went to Gula one time, and they actually texted me back when yes. we got close to the reservation to remind me to. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a plus in Bistro 67's column as well. Um, as soon as you walk in, there's a, a host or hostess that greets you. Very pleasant, actually happy to see you, which, you know, you go to a lot of restaurants, you run into a lot of cranky people. <laughs> Hostesses are usually pretty happy. Hosts are usually pretty happy, yeah. but still, you run they into usually, some cranky they ones. Put, they put the fun people or the really happy people to be the greeter, right? Yeah. Yeah, but she had, like, a genuine smile and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I guess they all really want to be there. It's not like, yeah, uh, I'm just doing this because I have to. They they really want to do it. They this, want a career in hospitality. Yeah, this is what these people want to do with their lives. So that's kind of cool. So, but genuinely happy to see us. We sit. The waitress was just delightful. Her name was Sasha. Sasha, you are awesome. How often do I remember a waitress's name, or server's name, rather? Never. Not very often. No, but she was just lovely. Friendly without being pushy. She didn't try to, like, upsell us, really. She asked if, if we wanted things. I mean, she was really mm. nice. So, all, all in all, service-wise, amazing throughout the entire meal. Everything in that aspect was perfect. Mm. Good service is wonderful. It can't save a bad meal, but bad service can trash the entire experience at a restaurant. Yeah. If, and make you not go back. Yeah, if you're not having a good experience with the with the servers, then that can totally destroy an excellent dining experience. Yeah, it makes and you And we've cranky. had that happen before, too. Oh, yeah. 
We've had good meals out where we decided not to go back because the servers were just jerks. Yeah. But not the case here. We're lovely people. You can tell that they want to be there. Like you said, they're mm-hmm. doing this because this is what they want to do. It's a passion. Yes. So the food. The menu. Oh. The menu does rotate. This was the first day of the spring menu, actually. And... Oh. So to start off with, uh, we were going to actually get a either a charcuterie or a cheese plate. And the charcuterie had uh, homemade salami, mm-hmm. and it had a couple of other like pickle, Meats like homemade and pickles and stuff like that. And bread, yeah. Or the cheese plate, which I love cheese. Yeah. But we actually settled on getting the ceviche tacos as an appetizer. And I just, I wanted to try something new. I, I still love charcuterie plates and cheese plates. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? We should just try something that we have never had before. And that sounds pretty cool. Oh my God. These things were so good. Like if this is one of the reasons why I get when Sheila says, I want to kind of do a YouTube thing sometimes. So you could see the smile on my face right now. Mm-hmm. That's how good this food was. It's making me grin thinking about the appetizer. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. So, uh, ceviche, for those who are not familiar with it, it is a fish dish that mm-hmm. is cooked with acid. Yeah, so it's usually chopped shellfish, and they Certain have... Certain types of fish, too, yeah. Yeah, and then they have a, a lime marinade that, I don't want to say it cooks it, but it chemically changes it so that it is cooked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's Cooking it is cooked like... with chemicals. The, cooking with chemicals is probably a better way of saying Which it. makes it sound like meth. It's like fish meth, but it's not. <laughs> but it could be, because it was be. delicious, and I wanted more. Yes. And Just one more hit. Ceviche is, a, if you have access to decent fresh fish and a fresh uh, shellfish, you can make it at home. It's not mm. hard to do. Just needs a little bit of planning ahead of time. I never thought of putting it in a taco before. Like, that's a brilliant idea. Well, usually when you get it, it's kind of served as like a side with chips. Yeah. So it completely makes sense. I see where their logic was that they said, instead of dipping the chips into the ceviche, let's Pretty- have a chip... To hold the ceviche, and then you can shove it in your face. We're going to bring the, Faster. the <laughs> ceviche to the chip instead of the chip to the ceviche. It's a yes, great idea. It's a great idea. And it had this uh, sweet potato guacamole in the bottom. It was amazing. And they, they were these cute little tiny tacos. We have a picture up on Facebook. You can check it out there. My hand's there for scale, so you can see how cute these things were. Mm-hmm. They were adorable. And they were, they were served three on a plate, and they each had a little lime wedge underneath them, propping them up at a yes. jaunty angle. <laughs> yes, it was a sweet potato guacamole, the ceviche, and then the squiggle. Of the, it wasn't sour cream. It was crema. 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 I don't yeah. know what that is. Do you? It's it's kind of like a sour cream, okay. to be honest. It was delicious. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was squiggled with deliciousness. Mm-hmm. And then it was, they had on the side in a little dish, it was their um their 67 signature hot sauce. Which, which was, was also pretty good. dynamite. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't too spicy. It had a lot of flavor. It um, had like an oily texture to it, which mm-hmm. actually really, I liked it. worked it very worked. well yeah. with, with the taco. And these things were just little f- like protein flavor bombs of mm-hmm. doom. Like to be honest, I was actually somewhat partially full after eating, yeah. this, after sharing the appetizer. Because the tray comes out and there's three on there. And you're like, oh, there's only three and there's two of us. Mm-hmm. We have to try to split these now. Oh, well, I snarfled one down <laughs> like the pig that I am. And I, I cut the other one in half. And by the time we finished those with the, the bread that they brought too, it, it I was get starting not full, but I was like, oh, I, I feel good now. Yeah. This beer that I ordered was not a bad idea now. I feel better. Mm-hmm. The beer on an empty stomach is never a good idea. I think I ate my ceviche taco in like two bites. Oh, God, it was so good. Yeah. So, but Incredible. We're, we're stealing that idea. That's going to become a regular ro- summer rotation item in our menu at home because that is just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And also they brought bread to the table and it was um, focaccia bread. Yes. They sliced into sticks and it came with this onion spread. Yeah, it was, it was like caramelized onions, garlic, balsamic. No balsamic. Bar-somic. That was our guess, actually. Yeah, it was caramelized onions, chili sauce. Chili sauce, 
lime. fresh herbs and lime in it. Yeah. And some oil of some kind, some like an olive oil or something in it. And, and we it, thought that there was balsamic vinegar, but there but wasn't. We were wrong. It was, it was the um, limes that we tasted. Yes. Which, again, kudos to Sasha, because we asked her, what is this? And she was able to rattle off what was in it. Yeah, and like a pro. What was involved. We're like, oh, wow, cool. You know your menu. Awesome. Mm. You go out to eat at a lot of other places, the staff has no idea. Nice places, they do. Mm-hmm. Chains, not so much. This place, they're teaching them properly, which is fantastic. Yeah. And that stuff, I could have eaten it with a... Sh- just sucked it down with a straw. And we uh, we should actually pause to take a moment to talk about the beer that we had. Yes! Because on the website, it only says that they have beer, and they have bottles, and they have a couple of different cans. And I was actually going to get the uh, Durham County Special... Something. Ale or whatever. Yeah. It, it was something that was it's a local. local to Durham region. They actually have taps now, and they had Bose Lug Tread. They had Steam Smith- Whistle. Steam Whistle, and then they had uh, Smith... Smithworks. Smithworks. Dunkelweizen. Dunkelheffelweizen? I thought it was called Dunkelweizen. Might have been called Dunkelweizen, yeah. So, three local beers on tap. Three Ontario beers. I don't know if they always have Ontario beers on tap, but I salute them for that. Mm -hmm. Because, again, we're huge under the idea of drink locally as well, especially with beer. Beer tastes better, fresher. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. They have a full bar. They had a couple special cocktails for the evening, which if we had taken a taxi there and a taxi back, I probably would have had a cocktail after dinner because mm-hmm. they all sounded good. The ones yes. that she went through that were like featured to go with the menu. And they also have different wines too. And you can get them by the glass or by the bottle. By the bottle, yes. In fact, they were um, table next to us ordered the Seven Deadly Zins. Yes, which is one of our favorites from the States. It's a California wine. Yeah, it's a it's California tasty. Zinfandel and it's really delicious. So... They're not huge, and I don't think they have a huge wine cellar that they're pulling from, but they're at least trying to pair things appropriately. Yeah. Well, I looked at the wine list, and I think they had, like, ten different types of each wine. That's good, then. So, yeah, they've got a good variety to match. Red and white. Yeah. Good. Awesome. So, the the Smithworks Dunkelweizen was just perfect for what we had, too. It matched everything in the meal. Mm -hmm. It's easy to pair beer to food. It's hard to have beer contrast food in a way that's not good. Mm -hmm. But this was a nice... Complimentary nice pair. pairing with everything, with everything we, did. we had. Yeah, we were thinking about ordering a cheese tray to have at the end. We decided to hold off when the food came out because the food looked amazing and large and yeah. So this is fancy food, mm-hmm. but it's filling food. Mm-hmm. It's not like here's your little tiny loony sized portion with a squiggle. Enjoy, and I know you're going to go through the drive-through on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> the Rundies is down the road. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's not like so that at all. This was delicious. Fancy, tasty food with actually a decent price tag on it. Yes. We'll talk about pricing at the end. At I think. the end, We'll run right. through everything so people are, are uh, well-informed on it. But um, I had I had pressed chicken, which I never had pressed chicken. I'm vaguely familiar with the cooking process of what it is. Mm-hmm. I know pressure is obviously involved. Mm-hmm. But it looked good on the menu. Everything on the menu looked good. How It's very infrequent for us to look at a menu and say, I would eat anything off this menu. Yeah. There's always one or two things that one of us says no. Yeah. Just like um the place in Brooklyn that we went to with the Ladies Beer Drinking Society. Mm-hmm. That was one of the only other places we looked at a menu and said, oh my god, I would eat anything on here. And on top of that, I'm not sure what to order because it all looks magnificent. Yeah. yeah. So that that's another like plus in their, their pro column right mm-hmm. there. And the, uh, the pressed chicken came with um, a risotto and white Ontario asparagus. And um, it was drizzled with a, a truffle vinegar, or t- truffle vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. So the pressed chicken was actually chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. And they they were pressed into little rectangles. You can see a picture on Facebook. I have never had chicken alpha tasted so good before. Yeah. And I, yeah. And the thigh. 
Yeah. I mean, the thigh is usually kind of, eh, I'll eat it because it's the last piece in the bucket. The thigh <laughs> is the red-headed stepchild of chicken parts for most places. Yeah. Everybody wants the breast because white meat is good for you. That's what we've become accustomed to because our palates well, have become blander. it's lean. It's lean. I'm not going to say it's good for you like it's better, better than any other yeah. part of the chicken, but it's lean, it's versatile. Yeah, so that's that's like easy to eat. the star of the chicken show. Wings you're right after it because wings are amazing, deep fried, and smothered in sauce. Mm -hmm. Legs follow after that because legs can pretend to be wings. And all that's left is the poor little thigh going, hey, me over here. <laughs> Which is a shame because you it's juicy, it has a lot of taste to it, mm -hmm. it's a very forgiving piece of the chicken. You just have to do some stuff to take out some of the gristly bits, that's all. Yeah. And it's, it's a little harder to, to debone than a breast. Mm -hmm. But it's an awesome part of the chicken that doesn't get used right. And they just, like, took it and ran with it. Oh, yeah. And it was just... It was just, amazing. Oh, my God, so good. I, I usually eat very fast. I savored my meal and ate each bite very, very slowly because I didn't want it to end. It was so good. It was... I had never seen her do this before. No. <laughs> no. It's, a, it's terrible, but I bolt my food like I'm in prison. <laughs> <laughs> and this time I just, I eat each bite slowly. I cut the chicken Visually. into small pieces. Mm -hmm. I used my napkin properly. I wasn't growling at passerbys because it <laughs> might snatch my food. I mean, it was amazing. And the risotto was, it was made with um, oyster and shiitake mushrooms that are actually grown locally as well. Mm -hmm. I've never had risotto taste like this before either. It was so creamy. Yeah. And the way you make risotto is just made with broth. You're actually not adding any dairy products to it. But the way you cook it, because of the way the starches let go from the rice, it makes that uh, it the, liquid, you out. the liquid that you add to it creamy mm -hmm. when it's made correctly. And this was definitely it made, made correctly. Perfectly. perfectly. Um, the Ontario, Ontario white asparagus that they had with it was perfect. Ontario white asparagus, if you've never had it and you're in Ontario and you like asparagus, you're really missing out. The flavor is completely different. Mm -hmm. Local asparagus grown in season tastes even better than import. The white asparagus has a milder flavor, mm -hmm. and it's just wonderful. It less of the bitter compounds. Yeah, too. it's just wonderful. So that was amazing. And then it had some, uh, it was like cooked bits of, um, not it was almost like radicchio, but I don't think it was like a cabbage, mm -hmm. purple cabbage that was in with it too. And the whole dish was perfect. And I'm just gushing now because it it's was okay. that good. I didn't even realize I, I didn't get a chance to try your asparagus. I wasn't giving up any of it. There weren't <laughs> a lot it. in it. You rotated the plate so I couldn't even see it. <laughs> oh yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of asparagus in that. And I love asparagus. So I was not going to give that up. So sorry. I love <laughs> you so okay. much. Of all the things on my plate, I like hoarded the vegetables jealously. I don't even yeah, know no what kidding, that says about the meal. I didn't even realize. I thought to myself, well, that must have come with vegetables, but I didn't see what it was. Oh, and yeah. I was busy eating my own food, so I didn't yeah, <laughs> get I, a chance to see it. If I bolted anything down in the meal, it was probably the asparagus. I think I started picking those out first. That was the first thing I ate on the plate, actually. Okay, so that's why I stabbed the piece. I stabbed the piece of asparagus first and ate that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I know what those are. Give me that. <laughs> so obviously, as you can tell, my dish, two thumbs up. I'm not disappointed at all that I ordered it. I, I mean, I ordered the chicken. And I'm not the kind of person that walks into a restaurant and orders the chicken. I usually go and order the freaky thing. Right. And I ordered the chicken, and the chicken was perfect. It's mm -hmm. ruined me, honestly, for chicken out. Yeah. It's going to be hard I to have chicken why. out I can see why, because I did again. have a buddy of your chicken, and it was moist and flavorful and... 
Just perfect. It, it's also inspiring me to probably create some culinary disasters because I'm going to want to start to try to cook more with chicken thighs at home. <laughs> and I'm sure my first couple dishes will be terrible. I apologize ahead of time to you and any of our friends who happen to be subjected to this. <laughs> but maybe in a year or two I'll be able to do something that comes close to what they created. Because, God, chicken thigh was delicious! We just have to go back and have more. Yes. So, your dish, Sheila. <laughs> so, my dish, I was I was completely torn of what to get. I... And when we decided to go here, that was probably about a week out. So I've had a week to just keep back and consulting the menu, and I'm not really sure what I want because everything looks amazing. It was adorable. Every day she changed her mind. I'm going to get this. No, I'm going to get this. Yeah, exactly. The moment of truth came, and I decided to go with the umami burger. It was going to be either that or the steak frite. So I got the umami burger. The description is Canadian house ground 30-day dry-aged strip loin, Bose Abbey cheese, pork belly, house mayo, onion tomato relish, and pub chips. Oh. And it came out on this... What kind of bun would you say that was? It looked like a pretzel bun, but it didn't taste like a pretzel bun. I think it... Is that a brioche bun? Might have been a brioche bun. With sesame seeds on it. So everything about this thing was <laughs> umami and, and awesome. It, because obviously the meat is umami. It has that... Can you describe uh, umami? Because some people might not be familiar with it. It's the sixth taste, I guess, or fifth taste. Uh, where it's what tastes meaty. So when you have mushrooms and they have a meaty taste to them, uh, when you have meat, obviously, and it's got that meaty taste to it, or almost savory, you, I guess. savory, yeah. yeah. Or when you have cheese, it's got kind of that savory, salty, delicious, fatty taste. MSG is umami. Yes, MSG is very umami, which is why it's used so much in Eastern uh, cooking. Mm-hmm. It's not just used because, you know, let's up the salt content, but because it actually is delicious. Because it adds that flavor, yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, the fellow that discovered MSG is the guy that named umami, umami as that taste. So then, of course, the Bose Abbey cheese, which I've had before, it's a cheese that's been washed in beer, Bose beer. Oh, it's so good. So good. I grabbed some of it from Kensington Market from uh, Empire Cheese. St. Lawrence was or, it? sorry. St. Lawrence Market. St. Lawrence yeah. Market, and I grabbed it from Olympic Cheese. Yes. And it was so good. Sheila's uh, been lucky enough to have to go into Toronto once in a while for work. And it seems like every trip into Toronto, she comes back with a different cheese. Hey, check this out. Well, you know, I can't... St. <laughs> Lawrence Market is just like a two-minute walk from Union Station, so I can't not stop. <laughs> and get cheese. And get cheese. Because it is like the, the nexus for cheese. Well, and it travels well, too. It does, yeah. 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 So that, and then the pork belly, which is basically like, it's bacon that hasn't been smoked, so... It tastes a little bit like ham, but it still has a bit of a bacon flavor to it, and it's obviously not crispy. It's very umami. <laughs> mm. House mayo. I know Tracy doesn't like mayonnaise. But I loved it. I ordered it anyway with it, because I figured it would be great, and it was. And it was. It just had all the right flavors and the right consistency. Uh, the onion tomato relish. Tomatoes are umami, because they can have that kind of beefy flavor to them. And then the pub chips were really thick-cut french fries that were stacked almost like in a nook shook. <laughs> It was like Jenga fries. Mm -hmm. Like, you could try to play a game and pull these things out. And they were fries on steroids. They were big. But God, they were good. Yeah, they were probably as big as, like, what would you say, an inch by an inch? Yeah. Yeah, about an inch by an inch and then a little bit longer. And then about four inches long. It's almost like when you get um potato spears or wedges. It was mm -hmm. more like that, but it was a fry But they shape. were square. Yeah. yeah, but they were so cute. And presentation, by the way was awesome on both plates. Everything we had was presented perfectly. Mm -hmm. It was gorgeous. I'm not big on presentation on food. But even I was like, this is almost too pretty to eat. Almost. Oh, mom, Until mom, I could mom. smell it, and I'm like, okay, it's mine. Yeah. 
So, more about your burger. It was just so, it was greasy in all the right ways. You know, it, it was so moist. I bit into it and then a hunk of it fell off and <laughs> hit my shirt. Thankfully, didn't stain it. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It, it was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous burger. I, I had a few bites. I had to, to help out because the tacos were filling. They were. She got most of the way through her burger. She looked at me. She's like, I can't finish it. I'm like, oh no, it's too good to leave. Please, yeah. over here. <laughs> the bottomless pit is waiting. <laughs> Oh my god, it was good though. It was it was a flavor I've never had in a burger before. Yeah. The combination was perfect. And the french fries, they were actually al dente. Like they were still very chewable, but they had they were more firm than other french fries. And they were that way on purpose. I and mean, they were good, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They were perfectly salted. They were just amazing. And they did offer um, house ketchup, which Sheila turned down. She just wanted to have them as they were. So mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to try their ketchup, which I kind of regret a little bit, because as good as the mayonnaise was, I'm like, how is their ketchup? Yeah. So next time we go, if we order something with ketchup that would with have ketchup, fries. we're going to give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. So the main dishes we had were just awesome. And the other things we didn't get to pick... Was there was a maple pad thai, yes. which I really wanted to check out. There was a steak frite, which was steak and french fries and vegetables, which I desperately wanted to check out, which is like my second choice. Mm-hmm. There was like a, a, a three cheese cannelloni. There was a duck. That was yeah. like my third choice. <laughs> See, the duck was my second choice and the pad thai was my third. Mm-hmm. And they also had things you could add to the dish, like add-ons. Uh, one of the add-ons was some shrimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also had a fresh fish dish you could get too. Mm-hmm. Another add-on was um a, a dollop of garlic butter or some kind of like um blue cheese flavored butter too yeah and there was also a a duck egg a fried duck egg you could add which, which the, the steak frites i'm thinking needs duck egg oh <laughs> well, no i was thinking the pad thai with a duck egg would have been amazing ridiculous off the rails the umami burger needs a duck egg on oh, it oh god yeah <laughs> that thing needed more protein obviously what was Literally. i thinking this isn't filling enough i was able to eat half of it god <laughs> So, yeah, the add-ons I thought were pretty awesome. Had mm-hmm. I gotten the pad thai, I would have gotten the duck egg with it, because that just sounded so good. Yeah. Oh, my God, that would have been amazing. And then? Dessert. Dessert. We actually got, instead of getting the cheese plate, because we knew we were too full for the cheese plate, we just split a dessert. Uh, they had about four or five things, tons mm-hmm. of ice cream flavors. Bunch of, like, homemade ice cream. And yeah. sorbet flavors, And sorbet, too. yep. They had a cheesecake on it. They had something chocolate. Our eyes hit the creme brulee, and we just stopped looking at everything else. Mm-hmm. And it was made with maple sugar, um, with some fresh fruit. And the coolest thing about this, though, besides being an amazing creme brulee, is it's just perfectly creamy and tasty. Mm-hmm. Creme brulees usually come in a tall, tallish ramekin. It's about an inch mm-hmm. to two inches tall. A normal circumference on it, very circular. This was more like one of the little dipping dishes you would get olive oil in. Where it's only like a half quarter inch. inch or half an inch yeah. deep, but it's like four inches around. Yeah. And that was perfect because then you had more of the delicious, crusty caramelized sugar on top mm-hmm. so the ratio of caramelized sugar to the, the creamy stuff was was better better i think it was yeah. perfect i'm like that's a brilliant idea use a flat dish get more of the awesome crunchy stuff in every spoonful mm-hmm. so we're stealing that idea for home use too by the way thank you bistro 67 <laughs> but we'll totally come back and order more don't worry and it came with a little uh, little cup of um fresh ontario raspberries too mm-hmm. which obviously paired perfectly with yeah. it. Yeah. In, in case you're wondering, how are they fresh raspberries in May? They have a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. We walked past it from the parking lot. Yes. <laughs> and you only get a couple. So it's obvious that they're not like inundating you with the fruit. They're like, okay, it's, you know, it's for the, for the taste. It's for the taste. Yes. Yeah. And it was, I think at one point you said this was the best creme brulee you've ever had. Yeah. And I, I, 
had like thousands of creme brulee, but I've had creme brulee. And this is the best that I have ever had. This is a measuring stick for me to throw myself against now. Because <laughs> I've got a thing for creme brulee. I really just have a thing for anything that lets me use a propane torch in a kitchen, to be honest. Mm-hmm. True that. <laughs> so, food-wise, portions... Um, I would say the portions on the 1 to 5 scale, where a normal person is full at a 3. Our friend from the States, Aaron, who can eat an inhuman amount of food, or Patrick, mm-hmm. would be at a 5. And they would be full at a 5. I would say this is close to a 4 for some of the portions. Yeah. I mean, we're big eaters, but I was pretty full, to I be honest. I was stuffed. Yeah. I was ridiculously stuffed when we left. Our plans had actually been to go someplace else and have a pint and record this, and we were too full to have a pint. Mm-hmm. So we decided so we just to come home. home. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sipping a coffee. She's sipping a glass of wine right now. We needed low-volume low things. Yes. Um, Price-wise, this would be not even a negative, but this would be the only thing that somebody might be concerned about for the restaurant. It's not cheap. Mm. We're in Durham region. We are an hour outside of Toronto, so prices when you go out to eat are usually a little bit cheaper than when you go to Toronto. With that said, if this place were in Toronto, you would pay probably 40% more. Yeah. It would be low-ball for Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's maybe at the upper threshold for Durham. For region. Durham, yes. For a uh, for a casual meal. For a casual meal, exactly. Uh, entrees go between twenty and thirty dollars. I think the most expensive entree on the the menu was twenty eight dollars. Mm-hmm. The appetizers are definitely pricey. I would say the appetizers are actually pricier than the entrees themselves when you consider what you're getting for it. But they are fancier. And than, they're than amazing. There's no, here's your spinach dip. No. There's no, you know. Here's your mac and cheese fritters. You're not getting that no. now. This this stuff is just epic. So you're, you're paying for getting an amazing taste and amazing quality for the appetizer. You're not eating the appetizer to fill up. You're eating it because it's a variety that you're adding to the, the actual menu that you're getting. Mm-hmm. So it's totally worth it. The appetizers were around 15-ish. Yeah. Between 12 and 15, about. Yes. Uh, and they had some salads and other things that were a little bit cheaper. I think there were some uh, rosemary fries or something that were closer to 7. Mm-hmm. So there were some shareables and different things like that. And then the desserts were actually pretty average dessert prices, I yeah. think, for when you go out. They were around 6 to $8, which you go out to any place and get a dessert, it's going to be about that price now. Yeah, that was pretty average. Yeah. And then the add-ons were like a couple of bucks. I think the duck egg was $3, mm-hmm. the butter was $3, the shrimp skewer was like 10 or 12 But mm-hmm. I think that was the most expensive one. Yeah, yeah. So for two people, um, if you're going to order beer or have wine, I would plan for an, an appetizer or dessert or whatever. I would plan for between 40 and $50 mm-hmm. for a nice meal out. When you put it in that, when you say it like that, it's really not bad if you're going for a really nice meal out, like mm-hmm. a special occasion, celebrate. Now, you don't have to pull out all the stops when you go. You can just go and get an entree, and you'll be more than pleasantly full. Yeah. You don't have to get beer. No. I mean, you could cut this down to maybe 30 bucks a person plus tip, and it wouldn't be bad at all. Mm-hmm. It would still be a great experience. And they do lunches, Tuesday through Fridays. They yes. start lunch lunch service at 11.30 to um, 2.30. And the lunch menu is less pricey. Mm-hmm. Still amazing quality. That's what we did with work over um, the Christmas air, um, time. And it's a great way to check out what they have to offer and see if you like it enough to go back for another meal or go back for dinner. Mm-hmm. Now, there was one thing that was closed, one part of it that was closed, mm-hmm. that uh, you pantry. got to go to that I didn't. Yes. Uh, the pantry. It's on the first floor. The restaurant's on the second floor, like Sheila mentioned earlier. This is a little store that's on the first floor where they actually sell things that culinary students have made. So you can go down there and get some really neat stuff. You can get like venison pies and all kinds of different frozen desserts and different frozen pastas. 
And I don't think they keep regular things in stock. I think it's just whatever they've been making in, in their kitchens, their teaching mm-hmm. kitchens that they sell. And I brought home something for you. Was it a cheesecake or something? It was like it? a little cheese tartlet, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, from from the freezer when I stopped mm-hmm. um, over December. And it was closed by the time we got there this evening. You'd have to go earlier in the day to check it out. But I really recommend if you're in the area, maybe you go to lunch or something, pop down there and see what they have to offer. If you have a cooler and you're out of town, you know, bring the cooler with you if you're mm-hmm. going to take some stuff back. But the quality is amazing, too, especially for the price you're getting. You're getting some nice gourmet stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to get your hands on mm-hmm. elsewise. So we've just, like, waxed eloquently about <laughs> this place. We've gushed because it's that good. It is. I mean, we walked out and looked at each other and said, this is might be our new spot for special occasions. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a, a place, we, we have lots of places we like to go for everyday food or just, you know, let's go grab a bite or comfort food. But to go out and celebrate and have something different, I think Bistro 67 is the ideal place in our area for mm-hmm. it. The menu rotates, so you're never going to get bored of it. You're supporting a good thing. You're supporting mm-hmm. education and local food. And it's just pretty and delicious. And the price is is right. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's not only pretty and delicious, but it's also filling. Yes. I just, I can't stress that enough. When we talk about gourmet stuff, or we talk about like going to a swanky place to eat, a lot of people, they picture, you know, the walnut-sized steak with a squiggle of sauce. No, this is... Yeah. You're going to walk away satisfied, and it's delicious. And if you're thinking to take a date someplace to impress them, I won't be sexist and say impress her, but if you're taking a date out to impress them at a restaurant, consider taking them to this place. Mm-hmm. Try breaking the mold. Try not taking them to a chain Try not taking them to the tired old steakhouses that everybody keeps visiting to try to impress somebody. Bring them there, you know, and maybe read up a little bit about some of the local foods and and try impressing your date intellectually with amazing food and amazing atmosphere and amazing service. Mm. Yeah, it might help you out later on in the evening. I don't know. You know. But I know like had when we met, if we had gone there on our first date, I would have been blown out of the water. Yeah. I mean, our first date was amazing where we went, <laughs> but I'm saying this place is like date material. This is where yeah. you want to take someone for Valentine's Day or special occasion. They actually did a Mother's Day brunch service, mm-hmm. by the way, which was probably awesome. Yeah. Had my mom been in the area, I would have drug her out to it. And honestly, there's something for everybody. Yeah. Like there's vegetarian options. There's chicken, fish. Yeah. Beef. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they're halal. So that's the only um, obstacle is if mm-hmm. you do eat halal, you'd probably want to order vegetarian. If you hear snoring in the background, by the way, it's uh, one of the dogs is just sacked out right now. We're trying to talk around him, but it's just not working. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also there actually is one one demographic that might be left out. It's children. Mm-hmm. I would imagine if you show up for lunch with a kid, you'd probably be okay. For dinner, I don't think it's the place for a squirmy toddler or a high-maintenance little one that's running all over the place. Hmm. But if you have an older kid, I'm sure that they would find something that they would like. Five or six. Yeah. I At five or six, you could find something on the menu for the kid to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the Alton Brown philosophy of I don't believe in children's menus. Mm-hmm. And ha- if we had a five or six-year-old and up, I would take them there because I would also hope that our kid by that point in life would understand how to behave in a nice restaurant but there's fries and there's things you can get on the menu that any kid will eat and probably really like. Mm, they had a couple of different pasta dishes too. So. Yes. And like the chicken I had, you know, we have a younger kid with us. They would probably eat that because yeah. it was just like a naked chicken tender, but even better. Mm-hmm. So 
there are options, but keep that in mind. Might not be the place for some kids, depending how picky they are. Yes, I think that's a fair rundown. Okay, anything else you want to add about the awesomeness of this Bistro 67? I mean, as a Durham College alumni. <laughs> I was very proud. Very proud of what my college has done. Awesome. And what my uh, fellow students have accomplished. Awesome. Um, I think that's it. So we look forward to the next 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. I hope we continue to evolve in our appreciation of food and some of the things that we've learned about it. So I think we've changed a lot in the past six years doing the podcast. And I think talking about what we're eating has made a lot of that happen mm-hmm. and educating ourselves about the food. Cause you look at what we knew about food six years ago compared to now. Yeah. And it's, it's amazingly different. Mm-hmm. We've read a lot of books, watched a lot of TV with the intent to learn more. Tasted we've, a lot of new things. We have, and we've pushed ourselves to try some things that we might not otherwise try because we've become more adventurous through doing this. So thank you to everybody who's listened to the last hundred ramblings of ours. <laughs> we look forward to, for you to join us for the next hundred. And welcome to anybody who's maybe just tuning in. This is their first episode. We look forward to having you along with us for the next hundred. This is Tracy. And this is Sheila. And we're Fat Chicks. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this Vi Fat Chicks podcast. Please add us as a friend on Facebook and or follow us on Twitter. You can email your comments, questions, or suggestions to zvifatchicks at gmail.com. That's Z-W-E-I-F-A-T-C-H-I-C-K-S at gmail.com. Our theme music is Hot Swing by Kevin McLeod. Our podcasts, like Mr. McLeod's music, are protected under a Creative Commons attribute copyright. You can make copies of our shows and share them with friends. Please make sure that credit is given. Thanks for listening and have a great day.